to episode one of the Panther podcast. We don't know if we're going to stick with the name of this or not, but the whole idea <laughs> is we want to have an opportunity to uh, kind of record a conversation and talk about some of the things that are really important to us and the work that we're doing, and then hopefully have a chance to maybe share some of that information with uh, the broader population. So uh, if you don't recognize me from my voice, this is Jason. And I'm Corey, Corey Jeffers, Director of Technology at O'Connell Falls here. So first time doing a podcast, so I'm uh, going out on a limb, but I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. So uh, Corey, our, our emphasis that we've picked for our, uh, for our technology or iMentors uh, this, this school year is we're um, studying, we're doing a book study, uh, which has been, for me anyways, has been super interesting. Um, you know, this is a book that's been on my list for a long time. And uh, one of those, uh, one of those resources that I've really been kind of looking at. So I'm, I'm glad that we've got an opportunity now to uh, go through and discuss and talk about it. Um, the, and the book is called Learning First, Technology Second by Liz Cole. Can you uh, just give us a little bit of background on what made you pick this book for the mentors and why we're going this route? Yeah, so we've been talking about this for a while, The just the, the concept of learning first, truthfully, and technology being just kind of a, in the background or just being a tool that, that, that goes along with what our actual learning goals are. That was the first part that rang for us. Um, we also took a group to, to ISTE, um, the International Society for Technology and Education, also a big conference. Um, in our school district, no one had, had gone to ISTE yet, so we, we did that uh, in 2018 when it was in Chicago. And we really took a look at the at the bookstore, honestly. We were looking around at different things. This was featured there a lot, and it talked a lot about the research behind um, the strategies involved in, in instruction and, and how that really should drive your usage of technology, not just the availability of technology or the uh, you know, what, what's around and the fact that if you have a high ratio of devices to students, you should just use it all the time. It really just, uh, I think, spoke to us in the fact that there were lots of different strategies out there and we should really be focusing on, on learning the pedagogy um, so that learning is first. And, uh, and then we, we kind of use technology to reach certain pedagog uh, pedagogical aims. I think that was a big part of it. Um, and it seemed really like a practical resource. You know, as we started to scroll through it, we looked at all these different kind of really brief case studies and that kind of thing of how you could uh, how you can use tech more effectively for a, a greater learning goal. So I think that's sums it up reasonably well. Yeah, yeah, and you know, as we're kind of uh, digging into this content a little bit, you know, it was really interesting to me too, just the the way that the whole book was structured. So, you know, as we were going through and planning our year our our year of podcasts and how we we're going to do this book study and everything like that. Um, we, you know, we decided to take it about two chapters at a time. So for our first episode here, we're just going to go through and we're going to talk about chapters one and two of learning first technology second, and just, you know, pull out some of the things that were really kind of resonated with us and, uh, you know, just have a conversation and we'll hopefully take it further with our, uh, with our, with our group later. So, um, I guess, you know, right off the bat, you know, let's talk about chapter one. Um, where, you know, she's really kind of laying the, found, uh, the foundation and laying the groundwork for, um, you know, historically what has worked in technology and education and what doesn't. Um, you know, and for me, one of the things that really uh, kind of stuck out to me uh, was that, that whole idea of, uh, you know, how we use technology in school right now. Um, just in the, in the short time that I've been here, um, you know, I can see uh, that there's there's a lot of um, 
using it kind of as a as a way to more like the drill and practice or like a worksheet or you know I have a paperless classroom and you know I'm making fewer copies which is honestly a great positive step um, but you know if we're looking at the research uh, that's that's not necessarily where we're going to see the greatest benefits of what the what the real power of technology is um, so you know that for me anyways uh, that was that was one of the things that I thought um, was was really interesting um, Corey you know what what are some of the things that you see, you know, just real innovative, interesting kinds of uh, practices or ways that uh, we can kind of get beyond just the drill and practice, getting into those higher order thinking kinds of things. Well, I think even just the backbone, you had mentioned it to me earlier before we started the podcast, talking about that she she outlines the difference between authentic engagement and false engagements. And I thought that was a pretty, it just, it rang very, very true. And so when I look at some of these things, she states that, you know, authentic engagement is not about using a specific technology tool. Rather, it puts the learning outcomes first and the technology choices second. And then she later states that engagement and learning goals is different than engagement in using a tool or a website. And so I feel like that can kind of speak to, it maybe it doesn't sound all that innovative to start with, but as a foundation, that's something we should be thinking about is that how does engagement, uh, how does it actually um measure up with actual learning so does it does it does engagement mean that they're that they're learning more or can they be engaged and still be not learning very much or or you know that type of thing and i think i think sometimes we get really caught up in this like oh they practice this and this for like 35 minutes or whatever and they just kind of click through and and it just it it seems like oh yeah that, that lesson went really really well because the kids were all into their own screen and they you know they kind of uh uh, can continue to work the whole time. And doesn't that sound really nice? You know, right. and, and maybe on the surface, yeah, maybe it does sound really nice. But but if you keep on, you, you go through that for a number of years, you start to, <laughs> or even months, you start to recognize that that, that maybe there's more to this. You know? Yeah, yeah. And that whole concept of excitement does not equal engagement, right? Yeah, you know, I, right. a Kahoot is super fun and it can be incredibly engaging, but what is it, you know, what is it that makes it engaging? And is it that false engagement? you know, and, and kind of getting after that, you know, so what, what the author is going to be advocating for is, you know, let's, let's develop those authentic experiences and whether or not technology is involved, you know, it's, it's an engaging experience is an engaging experience. So, um, you know, how are we, how do we get our kids engaged, but yet still now the, the technology, when we incorporate that, how does that amplify the effect? Yeah, and I think what's cool about the idea behind that is that maybe it sounds daunting at first, but the idea is really that it still, I think it still places the pedagogy back into the teacher's hands. And it's just, that's the thing that's that's kind of cool about it is you're still responsible for, or still the person who actually designs the excitement. You design the engagement, really. I mean, the tools are helpful, um, but if we if we lean on the tool too much, so you look at some of these drill and kill practices and that kind of thing, or just drill practices, is that sure, they start out as engaging maybe at first because they get a lot of different questions and a lot of different options right away. Um, but after a while, they, they start to lose the human parts of what we really like about being together. <laughs> we, we don't, we're missing conversation and challenge and uh, somebody kind of like, you know, a human being praising you for when you're doing well and, you know, and, and, and providing you with, uh, um, with solid feedback and that kind of thing is when you're, as to when you're learning. So, I, I think that the it's it's nice to have that initial engagement or that initial kind of like uh, novelty with technology, but really that we have to understand that stage ends very quickly, uh, and it really doesn't help us much much more with the, with getting to a a higher level or higher order thinking and higher order learning. 
Yeah, and that human element is uh, is really a, a part that we want to make sure we don't leave out. And that was one thing that uh, that the author brought up that I thought was um, not not necessarily revolutionary or uh, or out of the ordinary or innovative or anything like that. But um, it's just a it's just a really easy element for us to forget about. Um, you know, and that and that whole idea of co-use, I thought, uh, you know, in the in the advocating that she does for for that was was really um, interesting and impactful for me. Yeah, I agree, and I, I you know I think this is one of the first books, or maybe it is the first book that I've read at least that that talks about what what actually co-use is and and how important it is to learning. And I think with that ratio we talked about before is that we kind of forgot about that. So I like that she, she kind of defines co-use as like the person-to-person social use of a digital tool. So when a child works together with a parent, a teacher, a peer on a digital tool, um, and, and she gives some examples of that, things like you know a teacher and a student working together to navigate a piece of math learning software, uh, rather than the, the student learning it alone or sitting there alone with it. You know? Uh, or just an, uh, you know two people collaborating on a, a Google Doc for a research paper where the the process is that there's some learning that happens with that co-use. Um, we forget sometimes how much logistical challenge it is to get everybody together in a school day, you know, uh, but that's such a wonderful thing to be able to have a variety of people around us. And so uh, that using it together is, is you know, it's really valuable. I and mean, I'm, I'm kind of just even thinking about how we set up this podcast just a little while ago. Right, yeah. And, uh, and we're kind of brainstorming. I don't, I've never done this. So how to set up microphones, how to set up, you got a mind map running, you got, you know, all this kind of cool stuff together and, and the collaboration, I feel like makes the product a lot better. Right. Yeah. You know, and that, and that whole idea, like, you know, we're getting into co-use and, you know, those kinds of, that kind of concept, that doesn't necessarily mean that people are sharing devices, you know, um, you know, I, you've got a laptop, I've got a laptop, we've got multiple things going on here all at the same time. And, you know, we're still, we're still, I would call this co-use. You know, and this fits the definition sure. of the book, you know, because we're, we're both, you know, we're, it's, it's, it's incorporating that human element, which, you know, like, like we said, is, um, it's something that we don't really think about necessarily, but, um, you know, I, it's not, we're not, we're not necessarily uh, co-using technology if everybody's got the same thing and, you know, we're all in the same place together, but really we could be a hundred miles apart and, you know, there's no, you know, right. we're not, we're not, it doesn't matter. If everyone's going to come here so that we can all look at, you know, an 11 inch screen silently and then just go through our own thing. Right. <laughs> I feel like we've maybe done a pretty significant disservice. And yeah. I, I guess that's the kind of thing I want to get away from. But, you know, uh, as they start to talk about some of the, you know, the frameworks and that kind of thing, I think that, you know, as we as she touches on chapter two about a variety of different frameworks right. um, that have been in technology. And I think you know, frameworks can be a, a pretty valuable way to, to talk about at least these types of things. Yeah, and so exactly. I, I see like, you know, she, she mentioned SAMR and that kind of thing and or SAMR, you know, to, to, and, and the looking at that being like, all right, so maybe everybody doing this kind of drill practice is just sort of the substitution or whatever, you know, right. maybe it's a stage or whatever, um, you know, and I guess I, that's one thing, like, I was pretty nervous to look at a framework, you know, and, and, and figure out like, oh, should I, do I subscribe to one? And if I never subscribe to one, then I never truly have to commit to one or whatever. Right. You know, I, I kind of go, I kind of go back and forth about that. But I, I, you know, what are your thoughts about, you know, as we look at these types of ideas and then coming up with the, looking at a framework to, to speak through it all, what are your thoughts about that type of thing? Well, and that's exactly, 
that's exactly the the value of them. You know, you talk about, you know, hey, how do we how do we talk about this kind of stuff? You know, what is it? What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? You know, and uh, that's really where the value of a framework comes in. You know, a we uh, it's not necessarily that we you know it, it's not like a ladder or a hierarchy or a prescription for how to do anything, but it's just it just helps you. You know, if I can if I can name it, then I can then I can do something about it. So you know, if there's um, you know, I can't just I can't just go into a classroom and say, you know, I want to use technology. Well, I, you know, I, that doesn't, that doesn't really help me very much, but, you know, a teacher comes to me and they say, you know, Hey, I want some, I want some help with, um, Seesaw. You know, I've been doing a lot of work with Seesaw. The first question that's always out of my, my mouth is, well, okay, what do you, what are you hoping to accomplish? What do you want to do? Um, you know, a, because the, we're not just using Seesaw for the sake of using Seesaw we're, you know, just like we're not using a pencil for the sake of using a pencil. We're not, um, you know, we, we have a curriculum because we have to have a curriculum. You know, no, there, there are values and there are things that we're hoping to accomplish. And, um, you know, if we, if we have a framework and we have uh, uh, some sort of a structure to have these kinds of conversations, now there's a common language and there's a common way for us to, um, you know, we can point at something. We can say, yeah, that's this. And, you know, now that's, that gives us a place to go from then to, you know, if we, if we want to improve something or we want to share something or, you know, we just, hey, you're doing a great job because X, Y, Z, you know, that real specific um, feedback that goes along with subscribing to a framework and not necessarily that that's the be all end all, but, you know, it gives you a, a, a way to talk about it and a way to describe it. Yeah, and I, I she says it pretty well in here. She says a lack of appropriate guidelines limits teachers' use of technology for instruction, and limits their desire to explore the use of technology beyond basic applications. Right. And I felt like that was a pretty poignant uh, description of this. Is that look when I don't even know where the end, you know, I, I know maybe my know where my instructional end goal is, but I know so little about the technology in order to be able to reach that instructional end goal. Right. That I'm I'm I'm, if I'm even afraid to just kind of. To, to go in beyond just, yeah, I'll just do, I know how to do this part and let's just do that. I know that works, you know, type of thing. And, and if you don't know what it could be, sometimes you don't know what to reach for, you know, right. and sometimes yeah. the, the framework can help you with that. It can be daunting. And, but I, I guess the other part is that I look at a framework as being, it's, it's never something that is, um, that is completely, um, they're never perfect. You right. know what I mean? And, and I, I was talking to, um, I'll throw his name. I was talking to Joel Verdine and he's the, he's the director of technology at Hennepin Anoka. And I think I'm saying that right. Am I, you're from, you're from Anoka Hennepin. Anoka Hennepin. Okay. Yeah, uh -huh. so I, I, I mixed it up there, but yes, he used to, he was to be my uh, director of technology in, in, in Wausau. And, and we had a conversation when I started this position and I, I'd asked him, I said, you know, you're posting on Twitter and you're doing some of these things that I know I just felt like maybe you wouldn't do in the past. And I, he was a great mentor to me. And he had said, well, you know, the, the thing about a framework is that, honestly, if I don't subscribe to one or if I don't get one out there, I'm losing out on wonderful conversation right. that I can have that, that the framework brings out. It brings out conversation that helps people learn. And the fact that they can pick out or people can pick out the inconsistencies in a framework or the problems with a framework means that they're thinking higher about how they're using the technology or how they're using it for, for learning. And that truthfully, that criticism of it is actually a really beneficial thing. Yeah. I'm thinking like, oh, I never thought of it that way. And that, that helped me to, to kind of decide, you know what, 
I'm, I'm good with this. Let's move forward. Let's try to pick a framework that, that is research-based, that's strong for us. And, uh, and yeah, let's pick it apart eventually. Let's find its inconsistencies and its imperfections as we use it. Right. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to our future conversations as we get further into the book. Um, our next chapter, we're going to talk about uh, the triple E framework, which is something that this, this author, Liz Kolb, came up with. Um, so we'll dig into that next next time, you know, is that how are we going to dig into this? How are we going to um, kind of incorporate some of these frameworks into the conversations and start kind of spreading the word about how that how that looks and what is that, you know, what does that look like in Econo Falls? Um, and then, you know, another thing that we talked about today that we'll get into more next time is uh, talking about engagement. You know, what is authentic engagement? You know, we talked about the difference between excitement and engagement. You know, what is that? What is that going to look like? So um, really looking forward to our future conversations and, uh, you know, further, further digging into this content. So, um, Corey, thanks a lot for your time. Uh, I know that this is, you know, Hey, it's it, it can be difficult to carve out the uh, the time and the schedule, but you know I'm glad that we made this a priority. I thought this was a really interesting conversation, and uh, hopefully it prompts some more uh, among our listeners. Yeah, I really appreciate you uh, kind of pushing us to go this direction. As we, um, you know, a lot of times it's it, it's hard to reach outside your uh, your scope and what you're what you're comfortable with. And I think that just even in this conversation, I realizing things I learned about the book and. What a cool idea or what a cool concept this could be for students to be able to have conversations like this in, in their own lives. And if we don't give them the opportunity, how will they ever uh, how will they ever truly develop in that way? So thanks a lot for pushing this forward. Yep, no problem. Thanks a lot. And we'll see, well, we won't see you. Um, we'll, we'll talk again soon. <laughs> All right.